Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek Season 1, Episode 13. It's called The Conscience of King. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this, uh, I actually really like this one. Uh, yeah, me too. Which I didn't think I would at the opening, because it starts with, like, a, is it Macbeth? Like, Macbeth, which I really like, because it actually telegraphs the ending really nicely. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure if, you, if you're familiar with the Shakespeare stuff, that you does a... Uh, sort of parallels that you can draw with what's going yeah. on with the, the story but uh, this is basically this turns into sort of different than I was expecting uh, it, mm. it, it kind of basically there was this dictator who ended up murdering a lot of people uh, in this food crisis on a planet years ago yes for what he believed was a, the right reasons for what he would believe was the right reasons and there was only nine witnesses who ever actually saw his face like saw what he looked like and one of the one of them believes he's seen him. It believes that he is pretending to be an actor. Uh, his, his real name is Kodos, but uh, he's going by the name Caridian. And he believes that this actor who's in this acting troupe who's going around the galaxy putting on performances of Shakespeare for people, uh, he believes he is the uh, he is this person, and he calls in Kirk under false pretenses to tell him about this and be like, "Hey," but then he turns up dead. And that gives some credence. And then they find out, oh, wait a minute, all the other witnesses all turned up dead, other than Kirk and one other person who just happens to conveniently be on the ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, so, that gives some credence. Oh, this, this acting troupe keeps going where these people end up dying. And we find this out throughout the episode, these, these details. Yeah, and things like his history of Caridian started to the day when Kodos was mm. supposedly killed. Yeah, but I, I think oh, the general plot and like Kirk convi- sort of orchestrates it so that all the, the actors end up on his ship. He, he asks like the, the the ship that's supposed to pick them up. He calls him and he's like, uh, "Do me a favor, uh, old buddy, old pal. Uh, don't pick them up. Make an excuse and don't pick them up, so they have to come to me and keep it off the books." Uh, but so he he's trying to figure things out. There's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of uh, like, is he this dictator? Is he this mass murderer kind of thing? Uh, but for me, it all comes down to some really fun sequences or scenes. There's a few key ones that just really stick out for me as being really good. Uh, mm. The first one, and this is purely for the sort of fun character stuff, is when... So Kirk's orchestrated this so they have to come to him. And he's met the uh, the daughter of uh, Caridian who he's sort of besmirched with. And she, you know, she's this attractive blonde and they have this moment where they almost kiss when they find the dead body. And Classic Kirk's type, basically. Uh, she she comes up to the ship, she has to get beamed up, and Kirk's like, oh, I knew she was coming. And Spock's like, how did you know she was coming, Captain? And uh, But she comes in and she's like, oh, uh, well, our ship's not here. And she she explains the situation. She's like, could we please get a lift to our planet? And Kirk slyly sort of smells like, oh, I don't know if I could. He's, he's being coy, yeah. he's got, got a smirk in his face. But the whole time, the camera keeps cutting back to Spock, who knows something's up, something's not quite right. And he's just kind of like, yeah, it's got that quizzical look. Yeah, he's got the eyebrow up, and it, the whole time I was just kind of in a, I was just kind of giggling to myself this entire scene. It was so much fun, and that was great. But it, it was much better for me in the following scene where Spock goes and sees McCoy. Oh yeah, that was great too. Yeah, uh, yeah, because 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 uh, McCoy's like, oh, did you ever think he just likes the girl? It's not a logical thing. He's like, I thought of it, I considered it, I dismissed it. <laughs> but all that stuff's really fun and them playing off each other obviously uh, Spock goes and asks the computer a bunch of questions and actually figures out what's going on himself uh, and even when he confronts uh, Kirk with it and 
It's after actually the uh, I think it's Kyle the, the the sort of the the officer who who sends to engineering. There's an attempt made in his life by whoever's doing this, and it's when McCoy's like, "All right, it looks like it's probably po- it could have been an accident, but it was probably poison." It's probably poison. And Spock's right, we're taking this to the captain, and he confronts him with it. And Kirk gets a little agitated, and he's like, no, they sh- he kind of shoots him down. And Spock's like, no, this is my job. And even McCoy agrees, this is his job. It's his job to uh, make sure you are at the best of your ability, that you're on top of your game, that kind of thing. And it just, it kind of, like even that builds up this character, because when he actually flat out says, no, it's my job to make sure you are also doing your job, that Kirk kind of like rescinds and goes, you know what? Yeah, this is the first time I've ever made a decision like this that's put my my own leadership yeah. in jeopardy. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true. I almost want to go back and like watch the rest of the episodes again. Just like I, I feel like they are usually for the good of the ship or what he thinks is right. This is a purely mm. selfish one, which usually yeah. it isn't, at least. Which I like. I like that there's something here that because. I think what I was worried about at the start of the episode is when a big, not quite eye patch, just like a full face thing yeah, that's yeah. part of an eye patch. Uh, when he when he like brings this up and we hear what this is about, is this this Kodos guy he killed? It. I was like, I was worried it wouldn't have the weight that it did, but the debate that came up throughout the episode about him and the is it or isn't like I like the idea that you essentially because it's when a Spock's talking to McCoy about. Uh, who he is and he's explaining McCoy's like vaguely heard of it like he's a vaguely heard of the incident and supposed like oh he was this dictator and he, he separated like 4,000 people from the other 4,000 and decided who to kill him like alright so there's some Hitler par- ha- parallels going on here because he, Spock keeps talking about how he had his own personal standards and like alright so it's kind of like Hitler with the whole Aryan race and uh, we're going for those parallels and actually even before we got to the maybe he did it for what he believed to be the right reasons before we even get to that debate I kind of like just this idea that what if what if Hitler didn't actually die? What if that was a ruse? And what if he was still around? And like mm. someone thought he's just—it's weird to, call it, to say a story like that's fun, but it kind of is. Like, is this evil bastard still around? Is he disguised? Yeah. Is he really yeah. still out there? Uh, so just in that 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 side of it, it was fun. Like just mm. that th- that part of it. And we don't even see that this Caridian. We see him obviously in the play at the start, but he's actually off screen for like most of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He's just kind of off doing his thing in yeah. his in his quarters it's more like he's an idea rather than he's a person it's not until Kirk goes to confront him and asks yeah. him questions and the debate comes up where he's where Caridian starts like playing devil's advocate I'll say for for Kodos even though he's really defending himself but it's played in a really good way where yeah. it, it, he can take it as, as both uh, and but that's when the, the, the debate comes up where it's like well, he believed the food wasn't going to get there in time. Uh, people are yeah, going to starve. It is only because the supply ships arrived early. Yeah, I did specify that, and, and he, I think the one thing he says is, if they hadn't arrived early, maybe Kodos would have been viewed as a hero for for saving four thousand people. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think it, I don't think he would be entirely. Uh, maybe that's just my personal viewpoint coming in here, but I feel like. Even if it's for the right reasons, just killing four thousand people is—it's just cold. Is what well, it yeah, is. Yeah. Even, even I, for the right I, reasons, I it's cold. I feel like some of the people, uh, you know, in the universe, might have looked at him, and gone, "He made a hard decision for his people," and 
yeah, and and maybe it was for the best ultimately. Like, what, like you say, four thousand people is rough. They don't go into no. it too much, but they do kind of imply that uh, the, the selection process because with, with the, the, the you know Kyle, the, the guy, the don't say his name's Kyle, Riley. It's Riley. That's, that's my bad. That sounds more like it. I kept calling him Kyle. Apologies. But Riley, he he like they kind of imply that he was a kid, and he should be because he's much younger than Kirk and yeah. everyone else. Uh, but they imply that he was a kid, and his parents were killed, his family was were killed mm. in this, and that maybe implies that he was picking the kids to like save over the adults, which makes it a bit more veered yeah, towards there's noble. things like that where yeah, we we hear that oh there was a selection process, but we don't really know what it was. We don't know if it was a a, a perfect race style selection process or if it was being very pragmatic with. Let's keep the children alive. You know. That, that said, as much as there is a debate, I don't think it's a debate where it's it's not really shades of grey. It's just a case of how it, it, it's not like I, I think no matter what, everyone else is on the right side. It's just a case of is did he make a tough choice that was more of a shade of grey, or was it an outright evil? Act? Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly. the debate. It's, it's, it's it not. Is. Yeah, it's it's not like he should have or shouldn't have done it. It's more how like, evil is he for doing it. Yeah, because like like you said, if if let's say the the, the ships hadn't arrived early, and everyone would have died, all eight thousand, from his perspective, he's going, I can save four thousand people, or I can, you know, with the mm. knowledge he has, is there is a there is a logical argument. Maybe I think that Spock could quite respect actually, that that the man would be like, maybe I can do something. Yeah, uh, and I I think. I, and I, I like that debate. I, I like when they bring that up, and they, that that's because that scene lasts quite a while. It's them in the room, kind of debating that yeah. before his daughter comes in at the end to sort of interrupt. And I, I will say, like, if I'm going to fault the episode, is that I think the daughter stuff goes on too long with the the romantic stuff near the start. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the stuff in the bridge. The stuff in the bridge was funny because of like Spock's reactions and and Kirk acting like he doesn't know. And but, like, like, oh, the, the stuff at the party. Yeah, the stuff at the party went on a bit too long, and I also think it was really obvious that she was going to turn out to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, um, again, this is also the Macbeth thing where it's actually the the woman. In this case, it was, it was Macbeth's wife, but was oh, really? was actually the mastermind and the, the evil one of the pair. Yeah, because because she turns out to be she's killing all the witnesses, so her father will never be caught. Like she knows what, yeah. what happened, and she's trying to cover up his name. And it all comes out because uh, Riley ends up like hearing overhearing it from uh, McCoy when he's doing his reports. So he goes to try and kill, and Kirk talks him down. because one of the, the Kurt kind of like uh, says, "Oh, we'll give you a lift if you put, even though he wants to maybe on the ship, but he's p- being coy again." Uh, and he he's like, "Oh, I put on a play for the crew, you know. Like my men would never forgive me if I don't give them a chance to unwind with yeah. with a play." So that they're putting on a Hamlet uh, when Riley tries to uh, assassinate him, essentially, uh, and then everything comes out, and Kurt, Kirk overhears the the daughter confessing to everything, essentially, to her father. Yeah, uh, and we we kind of end on a dramatic thing where she it's very Shakespearean actually the way she like holds up because she because he ends up dying uh, in the the the, 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 the yeah. shuffle if you will when everything goes down on stage, and she ends up holding her dead father like and like making a monologue to him. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. very very uh, Shakespeare in that sense, but uh, it all it all worked for the episode. And uh, my only my only real question is is the at the end of the episode we find out that they've wiped her memory. And she, yeah. so she can live a normal life. And I'm not sure really why that was, from the writer perspective, what the choice was there. Yeah, and I don't think I like it because she's still guilty. Like she's guilty. She killed seven people and tried to kill more. 
it's like well, this is surely her punishment is that she has to live with that knowledge yeah things like, like that she's actually more evil than her father i mean it's debatable again how evil her father is and the decision he made but she is knowingly killing people off for selfish reasons Yes, yeah, so like I say, we, maybe maybe Kuros, it was like a, an excuse to be evil. Possibly, yeah. Well, we we can't say. Uh, we can't say. That. You have to go by the fact that he did go then another twenty years, seemingly living a, a peaceful life, as from everything we see after that. Yeah. And t- t- to be fair, he does seem like he's living with his demons. Like when he talks about it to her, when she brings it up, he's like, "I don't yeah. want any more blood in my hands." Like he seems to, regardless of how he made the decision, he seems to be living with regret about it. Yeah, he seems to have come at, at the very least, let's like say, regret, and he's living a a, a normal life which as was much a, as he can. Which was a flip for me in the episode when it got to that point, and it made him at least partially sympathetic because before, because with all the Spock stuff about you know picking who lives and dies, I, I was getting a lot of Hitler par- parallels at that point. Yeah, but then it changes. It changes. It? Yeah, like, eh, maybe not. So interesting. I, I, I guess maybe it's a it's a play on uh, vilifying people in the media and that kind of thing and. Yeah, yeah. You know, like everyone just decides to hate someone for the one thing. That, I mean, obviously, this is an extreme example where he, where he has killed four thousand people. Which yeah, that, that's the difference here. There was a a, a verifiable fact that he yeah. did make that call. It's just on what on what grounds and was it for right reasons? So he see, or at least in his mind, or was it just an excuse to do something evil? And I think it, I, I like that it doesn't give us a solid answer either way. Because yeah. even if he did do it as a solid excuse for evil and then regretted it, it still works. Yeah, Joe, I, like, I like that it starts off very black and white. This, this guy's evilly killed all these people. We need to find if it's him. And it turns more grey, but it doesn't do the thing where, oh, it turns out, no, he did it for the right reasons. He's not actually a bad guy. It never gets to that point. It gets to this weird, murky grey. Yeah, where it introduces feels... the idea of maybe that was it. But yeah. it never tells you it was. It never gets to that point, like you say, where... Oh, you, we can have that debate for sure. Which, it's just a possibility. Which makes it feel grey, which makes it feel more real and more like mm. life. It makes it more poignant, I think. Definitely. Uh, but I ended up enjoying this episode a lot. I, 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 I read the title and I seen like the opening minute of like like a Shakespeare play. And I'm like, oh god, I'm going to hate this episode. And then it, and then it just did lots of great things throughout. I had yeah. fun character beats. McCoy, Spock were all great throughout. Kirk was great throughout. And the actual sort of did he did he not do it? Is it him? Is it not him? And then did he do it for the all that debate and stuff? All that back and forth was yeah. great. So uh, now I really enjoyed this. Uh, one one little sort of footnote on this. It may not be the last time we see her because obviously the production order was different. But this was the last in terms of production schedule. Uh, the last one with uh, Janice uh, Yeoman, uh, Yeoman Janice. Yeah, she she was fired just before they shot this episode. I I read that I was looking something up after I watched it, and it was a. Uh, she, she apparently she shows up again in the motion picture, which I don't remember from memory. But uh, I'll, I'll look forward to. Did, did it her. say why she was fired? Was it something to do with her, or was it uh, just yeah, the character being uh, written out? At least this was from her her opinion uh, from her book, I think, uh, is what, right. where the where the excerpt came from. But it was a uh, or she was interviewed. It was uh, basically they, they decided they wanted Kirk to have like different love interests, like constantly. So having like the one that because because he has kind of been tighter, like there's maybe a will they won't anything. Yeah. It's been kind of hinting that, and they decided they didn't want that. It was bad for his character, which is kind of weird because these days I feel like that's the thing TV shows do is they want the yeah well, yeah they want but, but obviously Kirk we we do think of him as a as a womanizer that's yeah. kind of the reputation that he has yeah oh yeah certainly certainly uh, post but maybe early in season one it may not have went that way they exactly may have and I think that way. is interesting that back then that. The, especially in the 60s that the idea of going for the womanizer instead of the love interest was, yeah 
was uh, the, the choice they made. Especially, especially on a show which is typically ahead of its time. It's typically having positive messages, but no. Well, I mean, that that's, I mean, I think a little unfair to say that that's not a positive message on, on his part. To, well, I don't think it's, it's un, he doesn't treat the women badly. Okay, sure, sure. I, th- I think it's but... I think it's unfair to say that it's uh, that it's not a positive message that he's not a family man. I don't know. I, I think okay, all right, that's not really what I meant though. I, I think it's because it makes me think more of something like James Bond, which, quite frankly, those early movies and especially the books from what I've heard, uh, the only word to describe it is rapey. Rapey is the word that you would use to describe yeah, James Bond. Yeah, okay, that's right. I'm not and, arguing. And with I must that. say, Kirk's like that, but that's what it kind of makes me think of is this attitude from the '60s where. You want your man to just be, you know, your leading man to be having sex with as many women as possible. It just, it feels like this weird male fantasy thing. Yeah. That I feels mean, a little bit dated to me. And That's fair, but... Anyway... Again, the, the it's, point, only the, it's only the one man, is all yeah. I'm to say. I, I wasn't trying to criticise it for that, anyway. I, I was just... Yeah. But apparently, she, she was pretty pissed at the time. She t- sort of been written out of the show. Uh, it was basically a case of, oh, well, we don't want her for the love interest anymore. Ahura's... For, again, kind of for because they wanted to have a black female, they wanted to have that pushing the boundaries. So the blonde gets written out was kind of the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind of like to be fair, what role does she serve other than having played off Kirk at this point in the show? I mean, I mean, obviously this is another problem in and of itself, but she was a decent damsel in distress a couple of times as well. So it's like okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying we should have that, but like there was a purpose. Yeah, yeah, but I can I can see where the writers are coming from in the sense that well, if we haven't got the role for her. Interestingly, there was a quote where she said, "Oh, there was two blondes, and the other blonde was married to an executive or something," and I was like, "Wait, who's the other blonde?" Yeah, I'm not. I have no idea who she's talking about. <laughs> I don't know uh, at least so far, maybe we'll see someone showing up soon. And it'll maybe, make that, that comment will make more sense, maybe. but I'm not sure what she's talking about. I, I didn't like. I can understand her being annoyed. Obviously, obviously, fired, yeah, because she but... she she thought this was her big break. She's going to be in this big show, and she yeah. she gets written out because they just decide oh, we don't want want to have a constant that's, love that's, interest. That's kind of TV, though, isn't it? <laughs> that, that the writers can just write someone out for it any is. reason. Yes, it it's, it's the I always say this: acting is the one job where you can. You, happily be discriminated against because you can put on a casting call they must be this colour they must be this gender they must be this age like yeah. you can't do that with any other job that's discrimination if you say that for anything yeah, yeah, else but for, for a specific role that can be yeah. important it's yeah. like well we need this uh, and you can all, and the writer can just decide yeah we're going to kill them off no more job for them and uh, there's yeah. your notice <laughs> exactly <laughs> is it even firing at that point it's weird I think it's just because obviously acting it's more of a rolling contract and I don't it is know. It is. I mean, obviously, as in all, because obviously, you get regular contracts, you get a season regular, you're guaranteed to be there for the season, that kind of thing. But it's, yeah. you know, uh, but it is definitely different to uh, other jobs in that sense. Uh, but it is a bit of a shame because I actually, I, I think she's good. Like I, I've liked her when she's yeah, popped yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, I've had no so, problems with her. That's for sure. uh, I, I think we even said in the first couple of episodes, it's weird that because uh, we said, oh, we don't remember her being around for too long, but yet she's a big part of these early episodes for a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's a shame in that sense because she, she was uh, likable, but yeah, she was definitely likable. But uh, there you go, uh, got to make room for Chekhov in season two, I suppose. Yeah. What what I think is funny, it's funny seeing that like on the bridge, the like, people actually controlling the ship. It's like it's been Sulu sometimes, but it's not always been Sulu so far. Whereas in my head, thinking about Star Trek, it's always Sulu and Chekhov. It's always yeah, it's it's always them, isn't it? So it's it's just funny how they're finding who they're going to have there. And that's to say, I mean, the, the guy who's in this episode, like, I recognise, like, we've seen his face be there before, but he's not a character that we know. Yeah, he couldn't say his name. No, not a clue. I mean, I could barely struggle with Riley. I was calling him Kyle earlier. 
Yeah. Although, funnily enough, I'm pretty sure he was in an, ex- an episode before now. His face seemed familiar. Yeah, I thought he seemed familiar as well. Maybe they had him but... around as a sort of minor extra, kind of, and they just... Yeah, maybe. Up. Oh, we can do this with him. Mm, could be. But, nah, there you go. And, uh, enjoyable episode. Uh, like the debate, Definitely. like the mystery, uh, good character beats. It was a solid one. I really like this one. Uh, especially when I had a two-parter last time I thought was a bit drawn out. I really yeah. appreciated this one. It felt really tight. felt like I had, had it did, other than that little bit of bloating at the party. You know, yeah. It was really quite tight throughout. Yeah, the party was the worst part. Him with her felt like it went on for ages. But other than that, good stuff. So mm. let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for general everyday ramblings. Thanks very much for watching, guys. And we will see you next time.